Hi, I'm Matthew McFarland. And I'm Eddie Estrada. And this is Highbrow. Lowbrow. Live from Mexico. Yes. <laughs> How are you doing, Matthew? I'm great. Um, hello, everyone. Um, hello. We, you, we've been away for, this is a week, like we, we took a week off. Yes. Um, happy Halloween. Happy beginning of November. Happy Scorpio season. Uh, happy Election Day in America. Happy 11-11, uh, which was just the other day. What else did we miss? Um, happy 30th birthday to my co-host, Edward Estrada. Thank you. Welcome to old age. I know. I finally um, reached that spot. How do you feel? I feel good. good. Um, I know you're not feeling the best. <laughs> Sorry to and put you on And everyone on the island knows it too, thanks to Eddie. Um, no, yes. What, so, the island that is North America? <laughs> no. Because Mexico is connected to the, you know, yeah. to the Americas. It's in a very tropical place, so that's why I said island. Um, I feel like we've been on, like, our own island. We are. Um, no, okay, we've been here for uh, two weeks, almost two weeks now. Um, I'm about to head back to the States. Edward is staying a little longer. Um, but we've had, overall, we've had such a good time. Like, Eddie has been the best host. We've had great food, great drinks. Um, the Your, your family's condo was wonderful. Um, but for the last few days... Um, I have not been feeling so hot. <laughs> I've been feeling very depleted. So, um, but we're here. We couldn't wait another week to do this one because we watched these two movies while we were here in Mexico and they're, I love both of these movies. Like very much. Like more, I love the lowbrow movie more than the highbrow movie. I'm just gonna say that straight off. Here we go. Um, but, uh, yeah. How are you feeling? I'm sorry. I've been such a party pooper the last couple no, of days. No, you've been great. I feel bad because, you know, sometimes... <laughs> Mexico doesn't always sit well with people, as we saw in the Sex and the City movie. But I, and I was so cocky too because you were. the first like week I was like killing it. I was so I was fine. And yes, like I immediately people joke about Charlotte in Sex and the City and opening her mouth in the shower, and I'm like, I'm not gonna be that girl, not gonna be me. And I wasn't until um, like Monday or Tuesday of this week, and um, I've been that girl for a couple of days. But we've still managed to go to the pool and, and be outside. And, and I, haven't been, I haven't been completely. I haven't been the worst case scenario, right? No, you've been fine. You've seen worse. I've, yeah, I've seen worse. Yeah, you've seen worse. Yes, so 100%. no, I, I think we're okay. Um, but nothing more, nothing better to make me feel better than to talk about movies. These movies, yes. Yeah. Before we get into Kate Hudson, our actress for this week, I want to know. Kate motherfucking Hudson. What was your highbrow and lowbrow um, that we watched outside of? <laughs> Okay, well, I, I don't want to do the same ones as you. I'm nervous. So you go first, because I've got a few. Oh, you do? That I can, okay. I can pull out of my back pocket. Okay, let's think about highbrow. Highbrow. Oh, well, should yeah. I just go ahead and... Okay. Yeah. Well, we um, we managed to go to a uh, movie theater out here in Extapa, or in Ziwa, uh, more specifically, and we saw Wakanda Forever. And, you know, it wasn't it was in English. Um, it had Spanish subtitles. Um, and it was in 3d, but like on a small screen. So despite all of that, I loved it. It, 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 it hit me the way I knew it was going to hit me. It's, I've been talking a lot about how Ryan Coogler is, he, I think directorially is trying to meld the superhero idea with like really rich storytelling and like really highbrow like concepts. And I, I was very moved. Everyone in this movie is a superstar. Angela Bassett. I got to give her a shout out. I really want her. There, there were whispers that she might be in contention for Best Supporting Actress for the Oscars. It's a long shot. But I'm just going to just throw it out there now into the world because I thought she was she was my favorite part of the whole movie. 
Um, I loved it. I thought it was so good. The visual effects were great. The combat was great. The story was so good. Um, and I'm that person who always harps on if your movie can't be, you know, an hour and a half, like whatever. But this was two hours and 40 minutes and it, it flew. It was quick. It flew by. I was, I was a little bit nervous when we first got into the theater because Matthew's, you know, spoiled princess with his IMAX AMC. And I was just like, right. the real D3D, I knew immediately it was giving me a little bit of a headache. So I was like. Well, we were in the back row, though. We were yeah, smart. We were we in the were back smart. row. And, and yeah. we thought we were going to be the only ones in the theater. And it ended up filling up last minute. Yeah. But you know, the only thing that was troublesome was that there were, um, which was great. There are moments in the film where the character, where some of the characters are actually speaking Spanish. But so in Mexico, they're not going to subtitle that because everyone in Mexico, except for the two of us, speaks Spanish. So there are some things about the film that we still don't know yet. So uh, we're going to see it again when we get back to the state. At literally one point you go, oh, this is his entire backstory. No, a big a big chunk of the backstory of uh, of Namor, the 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 antagonist in the film, is, is spoken in Spanish, which is great because that makes total sense if you've seen the movie. But we, yeah, there was no subtitles because there shouldn't be. There shouldn't be. We're, we're the outsiders yes. here. Um, so that was fabulous. That was really great. And my lowbrow... My lowbrow. What did we watch that was lowbrow this week? Come on. What did we watch yesterday? I feel like this is your lowbrow. A Wheel of Fortune? No. Oh, what did we watch yesterday? Help me. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, are you sure you don't want this to be yours? No, no, no. Okay. Well, is it Falling for Christmas? Is that what it was called? Yes. Okay. Y'all, Lindsay Lohan is back. She looked so good, so healthy. Like she seems like she has come so far in her, uh, her uh, recovery. Um, it was classic Lindsay Lohan, like Parent Trap. She was like great. Freaky Friday, Mean Girls, Lindsay Lohan. She was so good. She looked so good. Um, the movie is so silly, and it it, it takes it steals from so many tropes, um, including like Christmas movies, but also Overboard, which we'll probably do when we do Goldie Hawn next season. Um, but I just love seeing her in a movie again, and she seems so great. And Court Overstreet was great. Um, it was silly. It's like nothing. Like if you are a Hallmark movie person, this is a step above that, in my opinion. So go to Netflix and watch Falling for Christmas. It's a Lindsay Lohan extravaganza. I loved it. I, I, I was a huge fan. All right. Now, I'm now I'm really curious to hear what yours were. So uh, my lowbrow, I'll start with that, okay, good. was what I watched on the plane here to Mexico. And that was Bullet Train. <gasps> Which oh. I actually really enjoyed. I know I'm the lowbrow person, but Bullet Train is a remake of, I believe, a Korean film. And it's essentially about all these assassins on this bullet train. And they're all going for different things, but it's all connected. Okay. And it's a story. It's I thought it was really fun. Brad Pitt's in it. Sandra Bullock's in it. Sandra Bullock's it's, in it? Well, just for a tiny bit. Oh, okay. She's she's the I was like, she's the handler. So you hear her voice most oh, of the movie. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. She doesn't pop in until the end, but a lot like Viola Davis in the Suicide Squad. Yeah, just like popping in for a day to shoot for a that. minute. Yeah, great. great. So it. it was a really fun movie. It's got Joey King's in it. She's really great. In Love it. her. It's it's a stupid movie. It's an action movie, but and lowbrow for sure. But tons of fun. So if you need something to watch on your way home, great. Pop on Bullet Train, it's two hours. It definitely does not need to be two hours, but there's a lot of story there. And I liked how it all ended. I like how it all, it's about fate and connections and there's a whole bunch. Luck and what is luck? What is bad luck? Good luck. It's okay. a good movie. It was cool. fun. All right. And then I have to say my highbrow was watching you this week with your self-tapes, which I know is stupid, but like. 
It was so Matthew is an actor. Oh my god, I'm so embarrassed right now. But Why? this is Do very you not want no, me to say no, this? this is very, very sweet. I really And appreciate so this. you this were you were working on like a few different songs, a few different you know, pieces and self-tapes that you were doing and just watching you work and like do these things. I was completely impressed and it was very highbrow. I haven't been able to see it. I won't be able to see live theater for a month. And so I got to watch you. It's very nice. I'm like completely depleted of nutrients. So I'm, <laughs> getting, I'm getting emotional. That's very sweet of you. It was nice. Um, well, since we're talking about it, like, um, you know, Eddie and I wanted this to also be a work trip. Obviously you're watching us work. Um, so I love that we were able to like enjoy ourselves, but also get a lot of work done. And, you have such great work ethic and like you're pushing me and like putting me on the right path and like giving me the, like just the right amount of encouragement. Like I wouldn't have been able to do it without you. So like, thank you. Love I love you a lot. Love you too. Um, so yeah, happy birthday, Edward. Happy Mexico. Um, but before we leave, we've got to talk about these movies. Yes. So we want to start with, well, let's just talk about the goddess that is Kate Hudson just for a yes. moment. Um, so Kate Hudson, if you don't know her, where have you been living under a rock? Because basically for the 2000s, like 2000s and from a lot of the 2010s, she's been in so many movies. Um, she is Hollywood royalty. Her mother, the incredible Goldie Hawn, who we will be doing at some point. Um, she is the father of, um, Bill Hudson and, uh, Goldie Hawn. Uh, but her stepfather is also the famous actor, Kurt Russell. Um, and I mean, no matter what film she's in, the reason why we picked her is no matter what film she's in, highbrow, lowbrow, you name it, she just brings this energy that is just oh, yeah. so magnetic and so, like, there is just, it's, it's, it, there's an ease about everything she does. And I feel like this is such, uh, almost famous in particular. The highbrow film we will be talking about is a perfect illustration of that. But just to give you an idea, she really made uh, her debut. She did, like, I think one or two smaller films before the 2000, uh, year 2000, which is when she did Almost Famous. But this is what really propelled her into stardom, received a Golden Globe Award for this performance, was nominated for an Academy Award, but lost to Marcia Gay Harden for a Pollock. And uh, which we'll get into in a second. Um, but then, of course, as you all know, uh, Alex and Emma, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Fool's Gold, uh, Bride Wars, which is our high, our lowbrow film of the day, uh, Skeleton Key, Raising Helen, Something Borrowed, Mother's Day, Music, which she just recently did, which I didn't see, but I heard was not very good. But we don't care because we love her. Um, she's really, really special. And I'm glad we're doing these two films. And so you want to talk about Almost Famous first? Let's do Almost Famous first, okay. yes. So then I'd seen it. I hadn't seen it, though, in a long time. So this felt like a, a fresh watch for me. But since this is what we and do, give me a plot synopsis. I'd never seen it. So essentially it's about Frances McDormand. Yes. I got her name right, yes, right? Yes, Who I love. Yes, yes. It's about yes. her son, who is like a boy genius, so he skipped a bunch of grades. He's like 16 years old. Well, at first, remember, he's like 11. 11. And, and there's like this conflict. School. Yeah. There's yeah. like this conflict that like, yeah, his mom, so he's graduating age. early. So he's like 15 or 16 years old. And instead of wanting to graduate, he's become like enamored with music and music journalism because his sister, Zoe Deschanel, I mean, this kid was great, kind of left him all of her records when she left home because she was kind of this rebellious girl who wants to be a flight attendant and just didn't want to be at home anymore. So inspired by this, he tries to go work for, Philip Seymour Hoffman and somehow ends up landing a Rolling Stones feature mm -hmm. on this band that I can't remember their name right now. Stillwater. Stillwater. <laughs> which has 
a bunch of famous people. <laughs> it does. Like this cast is I can't remember incredible. everyone exactly. It's um, my name is Earl. <laughs> Um, it's Billy, the guy from uh, the morning show. Billy Crudup is Jason morning Lee. show. Jason Lee is my name is Earl. <laughs> um, that you know me. I'm like, where do I know them from? My lowbrow stuff. And Kate Hudson's Earl. kind of yeah. in the mix because she's something called a band aid. So they're not groupies in the sense that they don't sleep with the band, but they're there to kind of give inspiration and you know, kind of inspire, like inspire the music and kind of keep the band going through whatever they're going through beyond the groupies. Now, Kate's character, Penny Lane, which is not her real name, is kind of a, a Band-Aid plus, a, I want to say like a, a on-road girlfriend, less than, more than a groupie because she's not just sleeping with the, a band just to sleep with them. She kind of has a relationship with Billy Crudup's character. Yeah, she's actually legitimately like falling for, yeah. Billy, for Billy Crudup's character. Which a problem is... Russell. Um, Russell, thank you. He's he's married or he's going through a divorce or they're like separated right now. He has like a tumultu- tumultuous marriage. So she's kind of in the middle of this and that's kind of her whole story. Um... It gets like it gets more messy. The band basically shows like how crazy they are. This kid's writing this article. They end up all denying everything about the article at the end, so his article doesn't reach light of day. But then Penny Lane reconnects uh, Russell with the boy, and they end up saying that everything really did happen as he wrote it. And they get their they finally get their Rolling Stones cover. It's also more story about, I think, Penny Lane, about her growing up and kind of realizing her worth in the world because, Mm -hmm. you know, she thinks she has to be this Band-Aid party girl. She almost dies on Quaaludes at one night, and it's about, like, what is love? Baby, I don't have (laughs) I knew you were going to do that. Um, And who do you love? And, like, (laughs) what does love mean? And, like, what is art? I don't know. It It was really great for me. I mean... Kate is magic. She's unreal. I mean, the moment she walks on stage, I was like, I just want to know everything about her. I want to be around her. It's, it's a really, really beautiful film. Yeah. The music is great. I mean, it starts off with Alvin and the chipmunks, which, you know, is like, you know, my, my group actually fun story. I got in trouble in high school because I loved Alvin and the chipmunks. (laughs) Non-ironically. And I would ironically at all. I would play Alvin and the chipmunks, like why I cleaned and stuff around my dorm and that was back when they did like, like overheard, not like overheard LMU. It was before overheard, but it was like LMU confessions, and it was people like basically posted on a Facebook group like anonymously, yes, like things that they like saw around campus. It was like a new age gossip girl. That's how old I am. I'm 30 now. And someone wrote, they were like, whoever plays like Alvin and the Chipmunks in the Wayland dorm needs to stop. Like no one wants to hear that racket. And I was like, guilty. That's you. That's me. Um, yeah, I I think you got it. Pretty, pretty great. So basically, just to fill in a few holes, so it's like 1969, which is, you know, a pivotal time in America in terms of culture, in terms of music. It's like rock and roll is sort of um, like the idea of rock and roll dying is yeah. sort of coming to the forefront. Um, and so, yeah, we meet this guy named William, this like young kid who lives in San Diego with his mom and his sister, and he's brilliant. He's very, very smart. Um, and... His mom, played by the just Frances McDormand, again another person who's never in a bad like like unlike Kate, is never in a bad movie. <laughs> like Kate's good in whatever movie she's in, whether the movie's bad or good. But Frances has like never been in a bad movie ever, and she plays his mom, 
And it was established right away as this like dynamic between like a conservative mom, a liberal daughter and the brother that's in the middle. And, and, but you can tell like Francis, Francis like, um, heart heart. is just like, I love my kids. I want to protect my kids. I believe in my kids and I just want them to succeed. And I don't want them to be like, I don't, I, I was young and I've been there where like you get kind of led astray by bullshit that doesn't matter and I want them to like avoid all of that. It's like a classic kind of coming of age sort yeah. of situation, which I love. But the daughter wants to leave and be a flight attendant and see the world. And so she decides to like, you know, get out of town. Um, her brother's 11 at the time. And well, he's told he's 12, but he's really 11. So it's this funny little dynamic of he really wants to hit puberty and grow up because his brain is is more ahead of him than his body is. Um yeah, daughter leaves though, and and a few years pass. He's fifteen, sixteen now, and he um because his sister leaves him a collection of records before she goes. He becomes enthralled with music, and I think it's his like connection to her, and um you know he um gets um gets uh, uh he starts submitting his writings to this guy named Lester Holt. This is not Lester Holt. LOL. It's Lester um, Lester Banks, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. A, brilliant again small role but he's still brilliant and um lester encourages him to keep writing and somehow his writing stumble over the rolling stone and rolling stone kind of um pitches him this idea of follow this band um like we want you to go to this concert in san diego we want you to do a like a write-up and do a follow-up and like follow them around and like we'll see what happens and they think that william is an adult or a college student but he's not he's a kid um and at the concert, he meets Penny Lane, played by Kate Hudson. And when she walks up and just takes her glasses off and, like, kind of just – she establishes who she is and who the band-aids are. It's just so magical. Also, I realized – I forgot to mention this, but I think at that first meet, she says something like, it's all happening. Which yes. I think is – which is why Sheena got the tattoo, it's all happening. Sheena she's, Shea from Vanderpump Rules. Sheena Shea, for those who don't know Vanderpump Rules, this is another low brow connection, but she has a tattoo that says, it's all happening. And I believe she said it's because of Almost Famous and Penny Lane. I mean – Which it, totally it's tracks. So it's totally – Sheena is such a – like, Farooja Balk plays um, – an amazing actor plays another um, – Band-Aid. Band-Aid called Sapphire. <laughs> that would have been Sheena yes. back in the day. Um, but yeah, like Eddie said, the Band-Aids are um, – they follow the music more than the band. Like, yes, they, they party and they – they sleep with the guys if they want with consent, but they are more about the music. They follow the music. They follow the music that they believe in, not necessarily the men they believe in, which is, yeah. like a, is sort of a different take. Um, and William immediately is just completely taken with Penny as are, as are we, as are, as is the audience. Um, and the band is taken with him too. Stillwater gets uh, him inside the venue with them and, and Russell, the main lead singer played by Billy Crudup, who's so good. Um, that he is taken with uh, the band and the band staying with him as well. So they say, come with us on the road and it becomes a whole road story about their tour. Um, and yeah, he is sort of fighting the whole movie. This poor kid is fighting this sort of conflict between like writing what he's seeing, where he's seeing this band before they even hit the big time, have these fractures, you know, Jason Lee's character is the lead singer yet. Billy, who's the lead guitarist, is sort of getting most of the attention. The, the attention He's the, the star. Fame. He's the star. And it's already eating at the band. And it's causing this weird friction. And and uh, William is trying to get this interview with Russell, the guitarist, like this entire movie, every single stop. He's like, oh, the next city will do it. The next city will do it. The next city will do it. Because the band is so afraid of being exposed 
by a publication like like so many bands before them have been before they even hit like their moment um we see this weird relationship between penny lane and russell unfold uh behind the scenes where they're having this like love affair um and yes russell has like this longtime girlfriend who's like his fiance who's in the picture at back at home and that's sort of like a construct that is sort of put forth like the, these 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 band members lead double lives and it, it's like a, it's a it's a hard thing for william to swallow and uh, one point, I think one of the famous, one of the most famous scenes in the film is when um, the band has a big fight. Russell decides to go out on the town on his own with William, and they end up at this house party with all these random fans. And uh, Russell's tripping on acid and gets on top of the roof and says, "I am a golden god," and he's going to jump into the pool, which he does. Um, We've all jumped into the pool from a roof, which I have not. You said that, and then I've asked, I've asked friends and, the, and other friends of mine have, and I have not. Yeah. What, what does that say about me? You're a loser. I'm a loser. I'm William. You're Russell. I'm a golden god. What the hell, man? <laughs> god. Um so then um I get so again like long story short, uh you know, this weird thing happens where they're moving on to the next big city, New York, before they hit another leg of their tour and like the 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 groupy the group is sort of like kind of splitting apart. Um, William confesses to Penny that in a poker game with all these other band tour managers that Russell and, and Stillwater kind of gambled the band-aids away to other band members. And this to me is like my favorite moment that Kate has. She's like, Penny's like so hurt because she's falling in love with Russell, but then she tries to spin it and tries to make it seem like it's no big deal. It doesn't matter to her. And she wipes his tear away and it's like, it's just such great acting. It's, she's fantastic. She's so good. And it's like, it's again, it's such a hard, as an actor, it's a hard thing to, like a hard square to circle. It's like, you want to protect this woman's like pride and her, her, her autonomy. And you want to protect like her strength. Cause she's a strong woman, but she's also falling in love with this guy who is really flawed. Who's making all these really awful misogynistic choices but she believes in him and the music he's making. So like, I don't know. She just really circled that square so well, in my opinion. Um, but eventually, um, Kate kind of goes on her, well, Penny goes on her own way because she goes to New York when Russell's fiance shows up. It's a very awkward scene. She drunkenly goes back to the hotel where she takes some quaaludes and William, because he loves her, goes back for her and kind of saves her. And it kind of establishes their amazing connection. Because throughout the movie, they want to go to Morocco together. They always say that they're going to ditch this thing and go to Morocco and start a new life away from San Diego and just like do what they really want to do with themselves. And I think William reminds her, like, you always wanted to go to Morocco. What about Morocco? Like, that's what your life is. Like, doing what you want to do for yourself is what you should be doing. Yeah. Um, and then there's this great scene at the end of the play uh, or at the end of the movie where they're all on a, the William is with the band on a flight to their next destination. It looks like the plane's going to go down and all of the band spills their ugly, dirty secrets. Um, and it really changes everybody. It really puts all the cards out on the table. They end up surviving. William makes it to San Francisco where Rolling Stone is. And he writes this incredible story about the band. He tells the truth. He tells all of the truth per Lester's encouragement, Lester Phillips and Hoffman. And he tells the truth. He tells what happens. Russell denies it. And so it doesn't print at first. Um, but then Penny tricks Russell into going to uh, San Diego to see William. And Russell realizes like, what kind of man am I? 
I got to be a good guy. I got to tell the truth. So not only does he tell him to tell Rolling Stone, like, it's all true. You can print it. But here's the interview you've been wanting the whole film. So, again, written in 2000 with Cameron Crowe. Cameron Crowe wrote and directed the film. He won the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay for this movie. It was also nominated for film editing. And Frances McDormand was also nominated for her amazing role as the mother. She and Kay both lost unfortunately. But um, given the time it was written and given um, that it's semi-autobiographical because um, Russell Crowe, not Russell Crowe, Cameron Crowe wrote uh, for a publication at an early age um, in this way, um, I thought, I, I think it's a really sweet film. And it's, it's in terms of structure, I think it really, really works very well. Yeah, I thought it was a really good movie. I mean... What were some of your favorite moments? Do you have some? Well, the Golden God moment, obviously. It's all happening, reminded me. <laughs> um, there was a part that we were both kind of... You read it one way and I read it the other. It's when Penny Lane is revealing how old she is to... And I think you're right, but... To William, and she's like... He's like, how old are you? And he's like, 18... 19, I think he says 18. She goes, oh, me too. And then he's like... She's like, well, how old are you? And he's like, seven. She's like, me too. And then he's like, 16. She's like... Me too. And you read it that like Penny is also 16. And I was like, no, I think Penny's like, sh- like showing him like, I'm any age you want me to be kind of thing. But I definitely think she's over 18. I agree. I think, I actually think it, it that she's whole, the teacher of the bandage. Yeah. And I think that whole scene is sort of like, it's, um, it's the, it's a theme. Like you can be what every, ever you, you want to be, be on the be road. Who, yeah. Whomever, in rock and roll. Who, yeah. You can be rock and roll. You can be, you can you can create your own identity out here in this in this jungle place. of a of yeah. crazy life. Um, it was really great. I, I loved the handwriting at the beginning, like the opening credits. I just wanted to make a note of that. Like someone's writing all of the, like the stars of the show on like a on like a uh, a pad of paper, and I just ooh so pleasing. And also, it said it was San Diego, and we were watching it, and I was like, this eerily looks like the South Bay, like Manhattan Beach and Hermosa. So I want to know if they really filmed it in San Diego. I think they... But we'll, we'll have to figure we'll it out one day. We'll have to figure it out. But yeah, it gave me Santa Monica vibes. Uh, you know, it... It, it very, was giving me LA more than San Diego. Yeah. Um, but Kate was the first... I mean, I don't know if she was the first choice, but she was the one that run the role. She didn't... There was no, like, other person that they were thinking of. I think she auditioned and she got it. She's perfect for she's it. She's perfect. Um, the only other fun fact about casting that I wanted to give was that um, Brad Pitt was originally attached to, to play... Russell. Okay, he would have been great. He would have been great, but then he ultimately decided that he wasn't right for it. Um, okay. I thought Billy Crudup was great. Billy's, yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah, you have such, this whole cast was so good. Like, And um, Eric Stone Street has a cameo in this. Yes. Uh, Jimmy Fallon plays the, the record labels manager that comes to kind of try to get them to the next level, and he was great. Yeah, and so right now, here's a fun fact about Almost Famous, is there's a musical right now on Broadway, which we're going to, I don't know if. No, we're going to see it. We're going to yeah. see it. You um, might go without me while I'm... I might, while you're still here. Um, We haven't seen it yet, so we like to not, you know, talk about opinions, uh, our own opinions before we actually but see it. But you like the actress playing Penny Lane, I right? I love... Saleya Pfeiffer is playing Penny Lane, and I... She's got... It's funny, actually. She's got that essence when she's on stage of like, oh, I'm going to be... I'm so glad she's here. I'm going to be taken care of, you know? Um, and they performed on Jimmy Fallon the other day and it, they sounded fabulous. It's more of a jukebox musical than anything else. There are some original pieces, but it's, it's a, it's a lot of the music in the film is what they use for the musical. Um, it's gotten some mixed reviews, so we're going to still going to see it though. But yeah, that'll be an interesting little, um, maybe that'll be like a high brow, low brow moment. We talk about in our next episode about like what, what we thought. Okay. Um, 
that's really all I have. For Same. I loved it. I, d- I loved it. And like when you watch it, you got to get swept up in it. And I didn't write that many notes. Yeah. I just, I same. I was just watching it because I was really, I was just so honestly, it's Kate. Kate just draws you in and you just can't turn away. She, I'm shocked. She didn't win for this. Yeah. Role. I get, I didn't see Marsha get Harden. Um, and I love her too. So I'm, you know, I, but I'll have to, we'll have to maybe take a look at that. And Has see if, Kate ever won an Oscar? No. Has she won an Emmy? No. Not for her role in Glee? No. Uh, no, she's been um, nominated for an Oscar, a BAFTA, she's, uh, and two SAG Awards. Um, she's uh, won a Golden Globe and a Critics' Choice Movie Award. We'll have to see how Glass Onion is if she... I mean, so that's sort of why I... I mean, thank you for reminding me, because that's sort of why I wanted to put her in the mix for this first season, because... She, and, I'm, and again, she's been working, she's not stopped working. So like, she's not, she's doing fine. And her and her brother Oliver have a great podcast. Yeah. She's, and she's My mom and loves their she's podcast. She's also got a partner and she's got kids. Like she's got, she's busy. But I want people to remember how good she is. And I want people to keep putting her in stuff. I'm glad she's in Glass Onion because I think that will we'll go, oh my God, Kate Hudson, why has she not won an Oscar yet? She's so freaking good and so talented. Um, So yeah, don't sleep on Kate Hudson. All right. Are you ready for... Yes. And I just want to say off the bat, before you get going, thank you so much for making us watch Bride Wars. I had never seen it, but shame on me because I love Casey Rose Wilson and I love you, Diane Raphael, and they both wrote this film. I have I have little to no notes because about, like, about things that are wrong with this film. Just saying that right off the bat. Go ahead. Well, so Bride Wars came out, I believe, in 2005. Nine. 2009. <laughs> and I... Remember watching it back in the day, it's Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson in the lead role. I'm going to let you talk about the film really quick, but one of the reasons I also wanted to do this film, as opposed to like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Raising Helen, these other like Kate Hudson films that I grew up loving and watching, is because Casey Rose Wilson and June Diane Raphael were the writers for this movie. And when we tell you... We love these women more than anything in the entire world. More like than I, Casey Rose Wilson, I've followed her career forever. I, I was so obsessed with her back when I worked for the Millionaire Matchmaker. That's a fun fact. I was accident. I thought I was following her on Twitter on my Twitter, but I accidentally followed her on Patty Stanger's, Patty Stanger's Twitter. Mm. And I told Patty, and so Patty tweeted something about her, like, loving Marry Me, which was the show she was on back in the day. And mm. then right after that, Casey Rose Wilson on The Kroll Show did, like, a parody of Patty Stanger's Game Set Match. So I'm sorry to, like, dash any maybe connections Casey might have had there, but I was the one who followed you on Patty Stanger's Twitter back in the day. I mean, I love this. Because I was, I was just, I, I, I've watched Casey's career, and I was like, I want to be her. Her as Penny in Happy Endings I is mean, the, one of the greatest roles on television I think that there has ever been. One of the greatest sitcom performances ever, ever. And June, Diane, in, in Grace and Frankie, like, she reminds me so much of my best friend, Haley Willis. And when that, my, first see, my first seeing June, Diane, was in Grace and Frankie. A lot of people, I think that was their first time seeing her um, on a grand scale. And she just is so good on that show. And then to kind of go back and look at her resume and see all the other amazing things she's done and to not even to still had not known about this. This was such a treat. Um, and we're big fans of both bitch Shesh and the deep dive. Oh my God. 
And so, like we just like Danielle on our vaca- and Jessica, we love you too. We love you too. And and watching um, we watched June Diane's We Love Fortune episode yesterday, in which she won over a hundred thousand uh, dollar dollars for, for Oceana. Oceana. Girl, good for you. We're um, big fans. We're big fans. We you, can't if, say it enough. Yeah, we can't say it enough. So um, do I? So I give the plot. Right? Yeah. So give me the plot okay. of Bride Wars. So yeah, I mean. Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson, let's make another movie together. Like, let's make, let's write a movie for them or something. Like, y'all need to make another movie. You, you, the chemistry between these women, phenomenal. It, there were elements of their friendship at the beginning of the film that reminded me of my friendship with my girl, Carrie St. Louis. Um, and they just, they, the, their energy together was so beautiful. So they play these two friends, Liv and Emma. Emma is, um, uh, Kate Hudson. And fun fact, this was originally supposed to be a comedy, a teen comedy that we saw the IMDb about this with Emma Roberts and I think Nikki Reed from Twilight fame, if you know her. Which would have been cute. Emma would have been great. But these ladies were perfect. They so were perfect. These, um, Emma and Liv um, are best friends and they've been best friends uh, since they could like speak. Um, and they have played dress up and played bride uh, fantasies their entire lives. And like, they just, they know everything about each other and they are just, they're ride or dies. It's just that. And what's so great about this is it's established in the first minute or two. Boom. Like we know their relationship. We know how close they are. We know how much they mean to each other. It's just in the credits, um, beautifully, um, you know, voiceovered by Candace Bergen, who plays the uh, famous wedding planner in this movie. Um, but yes, uh, it's established that they're best friends and that they are going to be each other's maid of honors when the day comes that they are going to get married. And they're at. both, uh, yes, and oh, at the plaza. Their dream is to get married at the plaza. Um, and they're both, um, Kate is engaged to, can't remember his name, but he plays that dad in all of those sitcoms, whatever. Yeah. And then um, Anne is m- engaged to Chris Pratt, which was crazy. I think this was uh, right at the beginning of Chris's glow up. No, it was way before. I mean, it was right when he started Parks and Rec. Okay, so Parks this and is Rex the very beginning of starting. his career, and he plays um, her uh, her her boyfriend. Um, and you can tell that from the in again, they very 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 cleverly in the writing kind of established early on that like Emma and her partner are very very well suited to each other, and Anne and her partner they could they could get married. A lot of like a lot of people out there in the world, they could they could fit together. You could force that puzzle piece to fit, but they're just there's a little bit of friction. And something I picked up early on that I knew would come back is um, Kate Hudson has a brother yes. who's also been around this their whole lives. And there's a special spark between the brother and and Hathaway. But we put a pin in that to let the rest of the plot keep going. Long story short, they both get engaged. Um, to their boyfriends, they both go to the celebrity um, Marion St. Clair. Marion St. Clair, which, which was was that a nod to Jessica? Was that not a nod we to Jessica St. Clair? We, we need really to need know. to know. Um, we're tagging all of them in this video. Um, they uh, go and they decide to get married at the plaza uh, uh, in the same month, June. Um, one at the beginning of the month and one at the end of the month. Great. Beautiful. Then um, another bride comes in shortly after their meeting, played by Casey Rose Wilson. Um, and uh, a couple days go by, and unfortunately, for the first time ever, um, Candace Bergen, Marie St. Clair, or Marianne St. Clair, whatever her name is, um, unfortunately tells them there was a mix-up. Another bride got one of your dates, and unfortunately, you are both now getting married on the same day. Well, um, almost immediately, things go sour between the two friends um, because each of them thinks that the other one is going to you know, say uncle and kind of give up their date. 
Uh, they both try to reason with Casey Rose Wilson's character, and she says no. Um, but then pretty soon it's all at war between these ladies and they pull the funniest shenanigans in terms of messing with each other. But what's so, what's so clever is that for me is that they, their relationship, their friendship is still so, um, intact. Like, um, it's all a, a comedy of errors, like misunderstandings. Like, not no friend is, initially is, is is trying to mess with the other one, but they just are reading into these weird mistakes yes. that each friend makes. Um, but then eventually, from dyeing the hair blue to Anne Hathaway getting a horrible spray tan just before the wedding, like there's some there is some maliciousness that comes out. Um, it shows the strength of Kate's relationship with her partner. It shows the weaknesses of Anne's relationship with her partner. Um, long story short, even though I am rambling, they get to the uh, the uh, the ultimate day at the plaza where they're both getting married on the same day. Um, and um, one final prank is pulled on Anne when a, a video of her drunk at her uh, a drunk in Cancun or something gets played as the ceremony is going on. Another fight ensues, but the two friends ultimately come back together. They realize how stupid they've been, how silly they've been. Anne realizes that she shouldn't be married, this dude, that she maybe should marry somebody else, the brother. Um, and Kate and her hubby get married at the plaza. Um, and then there's a little you know, after credit, not after credits, but a little like, you know, after it all said and done scene where we find out that Anne didn't end up getting married at the plaza to Kate's uh, brother, which we love. And um, they're both going to get, uh, they're both pregnant and they're both going to have babies on the same day. And they both celebrate this news together instead of, um, you know, get upset with each other. Well, that's easy. They're not going to be fighting over the same hotel or hospital room. I but, know, but like, you know, but I have to say it takes place in New York, which as a new New Yorker, I've only been here a year, so I can still say that they have a little moment, uh, Anne and the brother, finding love, kind of, when they're doing, I think, like a suit fitting or something on my street. Yes. I see the 72nd station, yes. and I'm like, well, someone lives there, yes. and that's me. So they found love on my street. Yes, that's Which what I they love did. to see. Yes, they did. Um, so what did I miss? Did I miss anything huge? I don't think you missed anything really big. June Diane is also in the film. Oh she my God. plays uh, their friend whose wedding they went to at the beginning. And she ends up being divorced by the end of the film. Like her <laughs> relationship's not great. And June is a brunette in this film, which is so weird for me because I've only known her as a blonde, but apparently she is a natural brunette. Crazy. And they, yeah. Uh, I feel like we want to do... Uh, their other movies eventually one day we want to do what was their movie that they did Ask together backwards Ask backwards which we both which seen, they star in but we we'll have to put that on pause because yeah. i wanted i think we could do uh we could do highbrow lowbrow with casey rose wilson but we'll talk about that yeah uh but no it's it's so fun to see them in the movie it's so good to see Anne and kate doing a fun movie like this they're both phenomenal actresses and like i feel like Anne has gotten such a bad rap in like the most recent years because she tr- she tried to make that jump into being like a respected Academy actress, which she is and totally deserves. But watching this reminds me of seeing her when I grew up watching Princess Diaries, Princess Diaries one and two. Like that's how I fell in love with Anne Hathaway. Like I wasn't, I hadn't seen Les Mis until recently. And yeah. what's, what's her other thing? Rachel getting married. You said that's another one. I mean, which I've never seen. If we do Anne Hathaway, we will be doing Rachel getting married for her eyebrow film. It is it, and we will me, be doing it, Princess Diaries too. It, it, <laughs> deal. It is so good. Um, not to you know 
uh, you know, uh, hijack Kate's episode for a second, but it's, it's, it to me, it's Anne's best work is Rachel getting married. But yes, then when she was, um, Fontaine in Les Mis, she got some flack for her, her campaigning that year. And since then has sort of made like her films have been kind of, eh, but this was just a reminder that both of these women have that special like ease. Yeah, they're, they they just they know. Um, and Elizabeth Moss is sort of a, a similar where they 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 they're sort of using what they've got, all of what they've got, and and not really. Like, you're never gonna see them do like these crazy transformations, but the honesty and the rawness of them is so simple and so sweet. Yeah, yeah. And um, Kate, I mean, I can't say enough about Kate. She plays this like high powered lawyer who's just killing it the whole time. These eyes then, focus. Yeah, favorite she's, line. She's. I don't know. There's I like, again, there's something about her when you watch this film, when you watch Kate and anything she does, you're just, she's just a magnet. I can't, you can't stop taking your eyes off her. No. Even when she's up against Anne Hathaway, who's another actress like that. It's like, I'm still watching Kate. Well, and, and, and like, like there, it's funny. Like, there are moments like she's like, she's a high powered lawyer and all this stuff. Like there's so many moments where she could come off like, nasty or whatever but no she she's so rooted in this like i want to have it all i'm a strong woman i've overcome a lot like i used to have problems with sugar and i used to i'm super neurotic and i just i but i'm i can have it all i can be a high-powered lawyer i can be partner i can be a beautiful bride at the plaza like i am gonna make it work and it's it's played so well it's so good um, what other things that I'd say? Um, yeah, Ju- I, I just, I made some comments about June Diane, her amazing choices. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> what is that actress's name from third, from third rock from the sun who plays, um, the um, other teacher. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She's, she plays the other teacher. She dies in sex in the city falling out of the rooftop. What's her name again? You know who I'm talking about. Yes, I do. Um, uh, Kristen Johnston. Kristen, yes. She's so great in this. P, oh, God, what was it? The, her best line was she was trying to say Pinot Grigio. She goes, Pinot Grigio. She's like, have you heard of this wine? It's called Pinot Grigio. <laughs> it's great. Again, th- th- it was, this was, I've, I literally, if I ever run for president, my president, like, slogan will be 90 minutes or less. It's going to be literally my campaign slogan because, well, not really. But what I mean is, I'm, I'm, I've been like, you know, dying on this hill of like, you have been, if your story can't, your story should be able to be told in 90 minutes or less. And if not, you need to relook at it. This is a 90 minute movie. They establish so much, so simply, so quickly, um, nothing outrageous about the circumstances, but it's just, it's, it's such smart. You can tell these women are from comedy. They're from improv. It's just such smart. Um, these, this is their friends. Let, like this it, is it like it's just it just builds upon the escalation isn't too much at once everything kind of builds until it hits and then i mean even the last prank so the last prank is kate had a like a cd file that was there supposed to be like there through the years like images you know like how you do a slideshow in a wedding but she had switched out the tapes and at the end she's going to switch the tapes back so it's actually going to be the good video but her assistant thinks that it's another trick, so he throws away the, Michael Arden. He throws away the CD, which is actually supposed to help because she has this like come to moment, and then that's kind of when they connect. Is like when she realized what was going, and she's like, "I didn't mean for this yeah, to happen." Yeah, that's what was so great is that like, their friendship. It like it didn't it, it didn't turn into like this bitchy catty like cat fight like like some men would call it. 
it really, their friendship was such a huge part of the film the whole time. And Kate and Anne did such a great job of, of that, like, I'm so mad at my friend. You know, that was the impetus for some yeah. of these things. It's not like, oh, I'm going to get her. I'm my enemy. I'm going to take her out. It was, I'm so mad at my friend. I'm so hurt by my friend. And it's like, they're not here with me. And that's why I'm in so much more pain is like, because like, yeah. yeah. And it was great. And it was also kind of about Kate Hudson's character has lost her parents. So when she reconnects with oh. um, Anne's parents at the end, that's kind of what wakes her up. And she's like, no, this is my family. Like this is, I shouldn't be doing this to my family. And it was just a really beautiful, and we, and knowing what we know about, you know, yeah, June. Yeah, June's parents are both passed, and Casey's mother is passed, so, like, there's a lot of heart in there. It's, yeah. It's a very real moment. It made me emotional watching it, even talking about it now. It was just, everything about this movie is good. Like, I can't say it enough. Like, well, go I, see, Bri- go into the theaters and see Bride Wars now. But these beautiful, these really simple, sweet, beautiful rom-coms of the 90s and the early 2000s, like, that disappeared because, we like, need I- these back. I didn't know that this was like one of those gems. I mean, critically it's, it was a mixed bag, but like the audience score on this is through the roof. People love this movie. And it's one of those gems in the two, 2010s where like, Oh, we, someone can write the great rom-com. Someone like the, these still, these movies still exist. They're not, you know, we don't have to watch like Valentine's day for the 15 or mother's day. Like we don't have to watch a movie based on a holiday. You know, we can watch this. Bride Wars. Bride Wars, so good. So I'm so glad you liked it. Good. Um, okay. I loved it. So I want to know not only your highbrow and lowbrow moment of Bride, Wa- Bride Wars, but I also want to know your ranking of the film. Oh, dang. Okay. Well, my lowbrow moment, um, <laughs> the lowbrow moment was them fighting Casey Wilson in, in the in the Bed Bath and Beyond. Okay. Like, well, I mean, so good. And the highbrow moment, it was the end when they were, they, they tackled, um, Anne comes running in and tackles Kate to the ground at her wedding over the video and they sort of stop. And when they reconnect and Kate just sort of goes like, and cause Kate's not a crier that her character Emma's not a crier, but she cries and is like, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know why I'm doing this. And like, what does this not, what, like, what does this all mean if it's not with, like, if you're not here for it, like, what are we doing? It just like. And again, it shows Kate's ability to take, she's able to always, wherever the ball is in the movie, boom, and bring it right down to center. It was, it's great. And then, dang, I mean, I guess I'm going to give it a four. Wow. I'm going to give it a four out of five. Yeah, four Matthews. Like, I think I gave, I think I gave Batman, then maybe like a four, I'm going to give it a 4.25. I give it a little higher, a four and a quarter, four and a quarter. Cause it's, okay, I, I have I, to figure out how to do that to your face on the editing. <laughs> just my eye. It's like one eye. It's like, a, um, yeah, four and a quarter. Okay. Wow. Okay. Now you hyper low moment of almost famous. And what, what do you give this movie? Um, okay. I have to say Mike, it's, it was, it was like, uh, I guess it was like a shot for me, but one, my highbrow moment in Almost Famous was him running through New York City through all the cabs trying to find Penny Lane. I don't know why I loved that shot so much. I thought it was, it just, it just, it just kind of captured the magic of the city for me a little bit. And it was just, it was really great. The lowbrow moment, I mean, when they deflower him, I was like, really? Like, I thought totally. that was, I was like, really? Do they really need to do this? Totally. Like, it felt kind of stupid. But other than that, I mean, it was a great movie. 
Um, I'm going to only have to give it four out of five Eddie's. I don't think it was like my absolute favorite movie I've ever seen, but I really, really, really enjoyed it. Great. And I would recommend it to people. So these were, these were both top tier, top tier films we did. Yeah. Okay. All right, folks. So we're next week. We're bringing a, we're bringing in a heavy hitter. We're bringing in a heavy hitter. Um, he's been called the Everyman. He uh, has been called every, every person's dad. Um, he's a, yeah, multiple multiple Oscar winner. The most famous person to come out of my hometown, Concord, California. Tom Hanks, folks. We love him. Tom Hanks is going to be our next uh, next guest on uh, High Bro, Low Brow. Uh, the two films we'll be doing guess are... Guess like he will be here. I wish. I would die. I'd be like, let me, let's talk about Concord. I mean, Tom. the whole pot could be about Concord. Uh, the High Bro film we will be doing is uh, his Oscar winning portrayal in Philadelphia. Philadelphia story. Which I've never seen. And I had to pick a Tom Hanks film that you haven't seen. So Which is tough because I've seen quite a few. I chose The Burbs. When I told my mom we're doing The Burbs, she freaked out. She loves this movie, I guess. So I'm very excited. I loved The Burbs growing up. I haven't seen it in a minute. So it, it will kind of be a little bit of a rewatch for me. But this, I remember this movie kind of spooking me a little bit. But it's fun. It's yeah. it's a good movie. And Tom Hanks, it was really tough. We weren't sure. Like Philadelphia, Castaway, Forrest Big. Gump, Saving Private Ryan. Big even could be highbrow. But... Philadelphia story in Philadelphia it's it's I, I think it hits home in a lot of ways for us so I feel like okay. we wanted to represent our, our queer community uh-huh. um so we thought this would be good and I think it was his second because he went for Forrest Gump or I don't know if he went he went back to back Oscars I can't remember if it was Forrest Gump Philadelphia or Philadelphia Forrest Gump but these were with in 1994 1995 so like he went back to back um yeah so We'll let you know how to watch these on the social. Yes, we will. And yeah, I think that was it. It's a little bit of a shorter episode this week, but it's just because someone's, uh, I, I have very, I have this much amount of energy and, um, we'll see you, um, back in the States, but you know, you'll stay, you'll I'll stay, be here in Mexico. Yeah, you'll next stay here episode. in Mexico with Eddie, but you'll come back with me to the States and, uh, we'll see you next week. Make sure to follow us on every social media platform. We're at highbrow, lowbrow pod and make sure that you subscribe wherever you're listening, whether that's SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, or Spotify. And if you're watching us on YouTube, which you should be, make sure to subscribe. Hit that red button. See you next time. Bye.